Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of New Hope Baptist Church, October the 17th, and today we're going to talk about hope. Hope. Let's turn here to Job chapter 8, and we'll have a word of prayer. Job chapter 8, reading verses 13 and 14. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrites, hope shall perish. Whose hope shall be cut off, and whose trust shall be a, be a spider's web. Let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will do what I cannot do. Lord, meet our needs through your word today. Father, ask these things in your name, Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to talk about hope today. Not optimism, but hope. And uh, how's your hope today, my friend? How's your hope working out? We look in this particular set of verses in Job. And of course, old Job had a couple friends that at the beginning seemed to be all right. They sat with him in his troubles, but then they gave him a hard time. This is a Bildad statement here, but it is a good statement. If you forget God, that your hope will be like a spider's web, easily destroyed in other words, very delicate. You don't have anything that you build it upon, your hope. Hope is a very important thing in the Christian life. We're going to read a few verses to clarify this. Looking, starting looking in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, my friend. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to look in verse 13. Clarifying this. It says, and now abiding faith, hope, and charity, and these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Now, we always think of faith, and we always think of, the charity here means love. So we always think in the Christian uh, faith, uh, as far as the faith goes, to believe God, right? And uh, charity, the love part of that. And we somehow hope is kind of forgotten in that. It's almost just like, well, of course you're supposed to. But these, uh, these gifts, of course the greatest of these is love. Somehow we forget hope. But hope is very, very important within this, this dynamic. It, they all work together, these, these gifts that God gives us. Looking back here, we're in the New Testament, right? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Oop, I almost read Hebrews 1. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And this is the often, uh, this verse is often used to, to give a definition of what? Faith, right? Definition of faith. And it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I always like the, also the description. A little kid said one time to believe God. I believe that's a good thing for faith. But the one thing in this verse that everybody overlooks, hope. Hope. The Bible talks a lot about hope. And in this, that hope is a substance, or faith, excuse me, faith is, is the substance of things hoped for. 
no hope, no faith. If you don't have hope, you have no faith. Hope in, in whom? Whom? The Lord, of course. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If we look a little further down here in Hebrews 11, we're here anyway in verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So without faith, you cannot please God, my friend. No hope, no faith. There must be a hope. When you and I come to the end of our lives one day, what do you hope in, my friend? Do you hope in uh, somehow if you do enough good that you'll get to heaven? Well, that's not what the Bible says. Better not. You hope and trust in the salvation that the Lord promised in his word that if we ask Christ in our heart and forgive us sins, that that he will come in and we will be his and we will be born in the family of God and we have a great, great hope. I heard a preacher once say at times say about three different kinds of hope. And I wrote these down. I thought they were very good, very good statements on hope. One was a wishful hope. What's a wishful hope? Well, I tell you what. A wishful hope is, man, I want to lose weight. I would like to lose weight. While I'm sitting down, eating a, a big bowl of ice cream and polish it off with some donuts. But man, I hope I lose weight. That's a wishful hope. You just wish. You can wish anything, right? I wish I had a million dollars, but man, I don't handle my finances that I have. It's a little bit less than that, right? That's a wishful hope. The, the second kind of hope is an expectant hope. You do something and you hope that it will give you an expectant result, right? If you plant uh, a field of corn, you expect it to grow. You hope, I mean, as you expect that kind of hope, man, if it rains right and everything else, right? You practice an instrument and you expect to get better and more proficient at that instrument might not be the most talented person, but if you practice hard, maybe you'll get a little better at it, right? That's an expectant hope. You say, well, that's hope. That's what hope is, right? Just just a hope on a prayer. It's a hope that you get it, right? No, 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 no. There's a certain hope. This is a biblical hope. And this is the kind of hope that he's speaking of really here. This type of hope is not a wishful or expectant think way of thinking. This is absolute truth because God promised to be it to be so. Right? Example. John 3.16, what's it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that what whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This verse is a uh, certain hope that if we ask Christ in our hearts that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to save us from our sin that it says here that we will have eternal life this is the hope God speaks of a certain hope my my granddaughter 
She asked Christ in her heart last week. And then, uh, what? Well, then, then nothing. When she asked Jesus Christ in her heart and forgive us, her of her sin and believe that she, that he rather is, is the Lord and that she will go to heaven to be with him one day at his word, on his promises. That great and certain hope. Why? Because God never lies. I don't know, I never counted them, but it's said that there are 7,000 promises made by the Lord himself. 7,000. Can you imagine that? 7,000 promises. And you know what? Since God never lies, all those will always be expected to be kept. Because he's God. God never lies. There is a verse that pertains to this. We're in Hebrews anyways, aren't we, my, aren't we, my friend? Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 in this thought on hope. Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to look in verse 18 and 19, if you would, my friend. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Right there. You, God cannot lie. He's God. I know in seminary you always said, you know, things that God can't do. Is there anything impossible? For, why, why could God do? What couldn't God do? Right here answers one, right? He cannot lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. This is an important hope. This hope we rely on that God never, ever lies, my friend. Somebody said they don't believe in the Bible. Well, that's their problem. You and I rely on this hope. And this is our, our great uh, anchor in the next verse it talks about. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil. God never lies. This anchor in verse 19 on a ship it both keeps them from drifting and gets them through the storm. There are a lot of Christians today, my friends, that are just drifting. They don't know what to uh, rely on. They listen so much to the world and some of these false religious beliefs. They just drift around Christianity and and they don't know what to make out of all this. They they look at the world and they see they see all these um, these riots. People are trying to tear apart our country. It's sad, isn't it? And they, they, they get shaken. They get shaken. And what are they going to do about the world when they don't rely on the hope that they trust 
in this certain uh, certainty rather of hope that God gives in his word instead of when these ships when they would throw that anchor down they stopped drifting they lay hold upon the floor of the oceans or the seas and stop that big old ship by that little bitty anchor how do you anchor yourself in this life when you're going through things it also helps you through the storms believe it or not they throw anchors down in the storms you'd think counterintuitive and it depends I mean there are some storms I guess you let the anchors up and you ride through it right but there are some instances they use these anchors these anchors are very important on a ship's tool chest right what is your anchor your anchor my friend is God's word you know God holds his word above his own name why it gives us our hope how do we know God we know God by his word we know God by his word it is very important that we know that word we we spend time in it every day and we we read it and we study it and we memorize it because it is our hope I remember hearing of a Chinese uh, Christian in his testimony and he was put into a work camp in northern China for over 20 years I forget exactly how many years but it was over 20 and he said that between God's word and a couple of hymns it helped him because it gave him hope that the Lord would carry him through he relied on that hope isn't that something and another Chinese Christian said that he uh, they was put in charge of the I think it was China it might have been Vietnamese doesn't really matter it was in the Asian area that he was spending time in the prisons of course being a Christian right and he saw um, within the within the um, latrine um, biblical papers that people have been using for toilet paper and he'd read them and wash them off and and it gave him strength and God's word is a powerful thing that's all we need to hide in our heart right it gives you hope his word and this is that sure and certain hope because of the promises within that word of God If I've seen any time in our country that we need some hope, it's right now. You're not going to get it through any other means than by God himself to get through these times. I've spent much time reading and listening to Christians, fellow Christians in this world that are really going through it the thing that brings them through is their hope in God and his promises 
and what they've read in His Word. Let's look in Romans 5, my friend. Romans chapter 5. And in Romans chapter 5, the first few verses. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in the hearts of the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You see, my friend, that hope that we always seem like we, it's, it's always uh, just glossed over. Faith and love are very important, of course. I said the greatest of these is love. But faith, love, and hope intertwine that belief in God, the love for God and, and your fellow Christian, and, and the world's souls, and the hope that lies within God's Word. Faith, love, and hope intertwine and help us in that we are able to glory when we get in our tribulation like this verse says. And then that results in patience and experience. And guess what? It comes right back to the first point. Hope. Hope. That sounds counterintuitive, right? A glory in your tribulation. But it's true. If you have any tribulation or hard times in your life, it's because God allowed it. And if God allow, allows it, there must be a purpose in it. And if there's a purpose in it, we need to glory in that and ask God to teach us, to show us why. Because the results are some really wonderful gifts, and that's patience and experience. I'll tell you what, experience really helps. And then at that winds right back around to hope which is an integral part of faith. A wonderful thing that's more than a word, isn't it, my friend? When it comes to my time one day, and the Lord calls me home, I pray that I can be like our forefathers that I've read about, that the Romans would say, man, a Christian dies well. Look at them guys. They're not afraid. Why weren't they afraid back then? Because they had a hope. A hope that one day they were going to see the Lord. And if that was today, that's okay. And so they weren't afraid. A wonderful, integral part of our faith is hope. What are you hoping in, my friend? Don't hope in this world. It'll let you down. Don't hope in a person. They'll let you down, maybe. Hopefully not, right? You hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Because that's a certain hope. That's not I wish I wish hope, right? 
That's not, I'm going to do this and get that hope. Right? That is a certain, unshakable, certain hope that's cemented in because of the Word of God and His promises. That's why we need to know. Number one, the Lord and salvation. And then we can understand this kind of hope as we read His Word. Okay, my friend, just a few words about hope today. I hope that helped you. And I pray that uh, you will have a great week and a great Sunday tomorrow. And God bless you, my friends. Remember to witness to some poor lost soul. All right? You know what? We didn't pray, did we? No, we didn't. Let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank for this day, Father, and I pray you will help us as we go through this week. Help us to be able to witness to some poor lost soul, Lord, and to serve you and to experience that hope as well as the faith and the love. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Okay, guys. God bless you, and I will see you next week.